And a very good morning interview time here on Worcester Radio. Ron Hamilton with you along with our friend from the OSU Extension Office in Wayne County talking as always about agriculture, Rory Levandusky. Rory, good morning. As always, happy to have you in here today. Glad to be here, Ron. Thank you. Our topic today with Rory is uh, making high-quality baleage. Uh, summer, of course, uh, usually, anyway, yeah. the season for making hay. And, and on today's program, we're talking about making high-quality baleage, a system that essentially wraps high-moisture forage in plastic. You know, first off, Rory, people see these all over right. uh, if you're driving around and, and, and looking into the fields. Um, you know, why are these so popular because, like I said, you see them everywhere, yep. you know, and, and why baleage instead of, you know, say, you know, dry hay production? Yeah. Well, you know, the old saying is make hay while the sun shines. Uh, and, of course, this year that's really been in short supply. So we start looking for alternatives that allow us to get hay made. So one of the primary reasons that baleage is used versus a dry hay production system is really to take advantage of limited days of sunshine, uh, limited drying time. in in order to get that forage crop harvested. So harvesting forage as baleage uh, versus dry hay does reduce your risk of rain damage, uh, can result in less leaf loss, certainly in legumes, and will allow outdoor storage with no further weathering loss. Rory, how much uh, of a baling time advantage does baleage provide compared to dry hay uh, and, and how do forage moisture levels compare when you're talking about the two? Right. Yeah, good question. So for safe dry hay production, uh, the recommendation for those small rectangular bales uh, is no more than about 20% moisture. If you're going to the large round bales, which we see very commonly, uh, those need to be dried down to 16 to 17% moisture. And then those really large rectangular bales that uh, we see also popular, especially in some dairy situations, they have to be made because of their density at 13 to 15% moisture. Now, in contrast, uh, the recommendation to make high-quality baleage is you can bale between 45 to 60% moisture. So it's quite a difference there. And then depending upon conditions, uh, those weather conditions we have and soil moisture conditions, uh, that could mean a reduction in your time between mowing and baling hay uh, up to you know one-third to even as much as 50% reduction in time. Okay, Rory. So once somebody makes a decision to harvest a forage crop as baleage, what's the next step? What do they need to do from there? Uh, and really lay out, you know, the the plan that somebody needs to to make this a success. Right. Well, recently a colleague of mine, Jason Hartshue, who's the Extension Educator on Agriculture and Natural Resources in Crawford County, wrote a very good article that was published in the Buckeye Dairy Newsletter. Uh, his topic was making high-quality baleage. And in that article, Jason says the two important decisions to make are First, what kind of wrapper you're going to use. Uh, that means individual bales, or you're going to use an inline wrapper. And then second, your bale storage location. Rory, you mentioned the wrapper. What are some of the considerations when it comes to choosing you know, the, the type of baleage wrapper that somebody's going to use? Right. And again, going back to that article by Jason, uh, a key question is, How fast are you going to be able to feed the forage? So individual wrappers are usually ideal if you're feeding 50 head or less uh, from those types of bales. Uh, Those individual wrappers typically wrap about 20 to 30 bales per hour. Uh, They do use about twice as much plastic as an inline wrapper. 
Now, those inline wrappers can wrap 40 to 50 bales per hour. Uh, they'd use less plastic, uh, but they do require uniformity between bales. Uh, when bales aren't uniform, uh, that's going to run you into some problems. You're going to get oxygen capture between bales. That can lead to spoilage uh, when those tubes of bales uh, then are fed and, and where those bales meet. So you have to have those things uh, in good shape. Again, the inline wrappers do require higher feed higher feed-out rates. Ideally, you're going to be feeding out about uh, two bales a day to keep ahead of spoilage concerns. Rory, you also mentioned the importance of location. Explain why it's so important and, and what's required there. Yeah. So again, because we've got this wrap system, we want, we have to preserve the integrity of that, that plastic wrap. And that's, that's really the key point here. So we have to make sure it's not punctured. So ideal storage uh, would be in a well-drained location with year-round access. You can get in there and feed and use those bales. Uh, stone pads obviously work very well, provided they don't puncture the plastic. Uh, storage on stubble or grassy areas or under trees, trees uh, typically not ideal because, again, we get more punctures in those situations. Uh, also, those areas often attract rodents. Uh, they lead to plastic damage. And, of course, under trees, we can have uh, sticks or branches that fall and puncture the plastic. So stored 4-H uh, in this situation should be checked weekly for damage. Uh, get those holes taped and repaired as soon as they're found. And uh, the key here is to remember, air is the enemy of a fermented 4-H. The topic today, making high-quality bailage. Of course, Rory Levandusky, our guest in studio with us here this morning from the OSU Extension Office in Wayne County. Rory, yeah, that's a good reminder that bailage is a fermented forage. Let's transition now to specific production practices that are needed to produce high-quality bailage because that's obviously what you want as the end result. You know, what are some of the key factors when you look at that? Yeah. Uh, well, the key factors to making high-quality bailage include uh, mowing your forage at the proper maturity. Certainly a, a challenge. I understand that this year, baling in the correct moisture range making bales that are tightly packed with high density, uh, the goal there again to exclude air and oxygen, and then wrapping those bales as soon as possible after baling to limit heating and to exclude oxygen. And I'll say this again, uh, the key point to always keep in mind, air is the enemy of fermented forages, so it's vitally important to keep air out if that goal is to get a high-quality feedstuff. Rory, let's examine some of the, the production factors maybe in a little more detail for the listeners out there. Can you explain what you mean by mowing at proper forage maturity and then also explain what is the correct moisture range when you're talking about baleage? Yeah, so the, the key principle here, of course, is that you can't make high-quality baleage from junk forage. So there's nothing you're going to do after that forage is cut to really improve quality. Uh, the fermentation process is not going to improve poor quality forage. Forage quality is really determined uh, by energy, crude protein, and fiber digestibility. And those factors uh, in terms of quality are always highest at vegetative growth stages as compared to reproductive growth stages. So when we start seeing those seed heads, quality always declines as forages mature. So, again, the earlier you can cut it, the better quality. And, again, recognizing that this year has certainly been a challenge to that principle. Uh, the ideal moisture range for high-quality baleage is 45 to 60% moisture. As that moisture level drops below 45%, fermentation is limited. Uh, we often get mold growth in those situations. Now, using more layers of plastic wrap to do a better job of excluding oxygen can compensate up to a point. Uh, 
But above 60% moisture, then on that other range, we get clostridial type of fermentation, and that's more likely to occur at high moisture contents. Uh, those bales often have higher spoilage and then also lower pelletability. So again, that range, 45 to 60%. Rory, you mentioned layers of plastic. Can you give some specifics regarding wrapping bales and also bale density? Sure. Uh, dense Tightly packed bales exclude oxygen, and again, that's the enemy of fermentation, so anything we can do to exclude oxygen is great. Uh, Those bales have better fermentation. A study from Penn State showed increasing bale density from 6 pounds per cubic foot to 8 pounds per cubic foot uh, allows you to gain an extra 12 hours of bunk life in haylage uh, due mostly to better bale fermentation. To get that, uh, sometimes increasing your PTO speed, slowing down your travel speed, uh, those are factors that can help to increase bale density. Now, the time between baling and wrapping is important. The sooner the better. The goal is to prevent bales from heating above 120 degrees Fahrenheit. So research indicates that heating damage is typically minimal for bales that are wrapped within that first, oh, 8 to 12 hours after baling. And layers of wrap do matter. Uh, because, again, you're trying to exclude oxygen, so more layers help, does a better job of that. Uh, Baleage in that 45 to 60% moisture range should be wrapped with a minimum of six layers of one mil plastic. Now, if that moisture level is below 45% or between 60 to 65%, so you're either on the dry side or up on the too wet side, then you want to use more plastic. Use a minimum of eight layers of one mil plastic and then recognize those bales uh, often have a shorter storage life. Rory, any final considerations when you're talking about making high-quality baleage? Sure. I'll conclude with uh, some comments going back to that baleage article by uh, my colleague Jason Hartshoe uh, that I mentioned earlier in the program. After bales are wrapped, handle them carefully using a squeeze so that plastic is not torn. Bales should be inspected weekly in storage, repair those tears in the plastic promptly, And then feed bales typically within a year of wrapping. Haylage that is too wet, uh, so that, again, over 60% moisture should be fed within three months, ideally. Uh, Haylage that's below 40% is not going to ferment as well. That should be fed within six months. But again, always use your eyes and nose to be sure that the forage you feed is of high quality. Don't force animals to eat forage they don't want. All right, Rory. Let's talk about where somebody can find more information about this subject. Yeah, they can contact me at the Wayne County Extension Office at 330-264-8722 or check out our website at wayne.osu.edu. Again, our topic this morning, making high-quality baleage. Our guest in studio has been Rory Levandusky from the OSU Extension Office here in Wayne County. Rory, as always, glad to have you in here. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Ron. Appreciate the opportunity.